0: Hello everyone and welcome to the fourth year of Beyond the ANC.
1: The podcast that really should start thinking about rebranding itself, don't you think? Never. So it's great, it really is great to be back and today we're going to be catching up with everything that's been happening since we were last here basically. Yeah, so on today's show we uh, we got the first half of our preview of album four, talking through the recording process and we'll be looking at where the band are at personally, how that's going to be affecting some of the songs. And looking at some of the music that might influence the recording process. Just basically wrapping it all up. Uh, And so part one of that will be coming up very shortly. So settle in for 2012's first episode of Beyond the ANC. For superstitious reasons, Richard insists on line checking his own drums before every show, using a baseball cap and a latex mask to prevent eagle eyed fans from recognising him. Beyond the So, before we get into the meat of today's podcast, let's quickly take you through the exciting news of the past week.
0: Yep, Keane's fourth record is complete, and the band is celebrating this by playing a gig at Bexhill-on-Sea's Delaware Pavilion on Friday the 9th of March.
1: Yeah, it's going to be quite an intimate show for the band, and um, Chris and I have been looking at the capacity, and we reckon there's probably about 1,200 tickets on sale for this, Um, and given that we're doing this on Friday night... And the tickets go on sale at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. We reckon there will probably be a complete sellout by the time you hear this.
0: So that's a show right back where this started, and something that's been about two and a half years in the making. Yeah. So let's rewind to September 2009.
1: Um, you know, I'm going really out on a limb here. Do you know what I would like most of all? Gone. Um. I think I think you know we, you know I think you join me in this. It'd be fucking great if they could do a gig at a, this place on the south coast. Um, called the Dilliware Pavilion. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, as if anyone wouldn't be
0: familiar <laughs> yeah. with the Dilliware Pavilion, um, eh? yeah, it's just a, a beautiful modernist building on, on the seafront in Bexhill. Just a short walk along from the aforementioned Sovereign Light Cafe. Now, actually. it's it's not
1: just a real sort of Sussex landmark. Um, mm. It's uh, inside. It's got a 1,500 capacity auditorium, and that would be it would be the perfect venue for the band to finish off the whole perfect. S- symmetry shebang their year in style Mm. i mean so many times their london gigs are thought of
0: you know as the homecoming but this would be a proper authentic home gig for the band Mm. and you know we'd just love to be there when that happens i mean they could even cycle home couldn't they? it'd
1: be perfect so um yeah Bexill on sea how about it camp keen um let's get this gig on um tell us what we've got to do to make it happen and we'll we'll do it (laughs) yeah consider the gauntlet thrown down God, I sounded so enthusiastic back then, didn't I? Um, So it's happening in just a few weeks' time, and we'll finally get the chance to hear the band back in action. Chris? As I said before, Keane
0: have finished their fourth album now, um, assuming that we believe that it was all done when they said it
1: was. Yeah, well, do you remember, was it Under the INC that finished um, a long time before it came out, or there was any info about it? I think I can remember one of our interviews, I can remember Tim saying that it was done around Christmas time. But for a, a, one reason or another, we didn't actually hear about it until I don't know April time, March, April time, something like that. Hmm.
0: Well, I mean, taking Jesse at a tweet value—that's that's face value when of
1: Twitter when tweeted yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, what he was saying is that the album sort of wrapped and just needs to be mixed. So, and and basically that the band are now working on B sides to hmm. accompany forthcoming singles.
1: We we're just talking about B sides, weren't we? I think there was for the whole of the Perfect Symmetry and Night Train sort of era. How, how many B-sides? One B-side. Everything else was remixes, yeah?
0: Well, I mean, you don't really have B-sides now when you don't have a physical singles, so the necessity's gone, so you can get away with being sloppy.
1: Well, I mean, there's all sorts of necessities in modern life that have gone, but isn't it nice to have a B-side?
0: A B-side to what? A well, B-side, something, Chris. Something, a
1: B-side, Chris. What's something written on the back of an MP3? So, something that comes with it as a nice bundle. Anyway... Right, we can talk about that later. My understanding is that we're going to hear the first recorded material from this album, from LP number four, at some point during February. You reckon that's soon? Uh, that's my understanding. Um, there'll be something for us to hear before the show in Pex Hill, which, to be quite honest, is probably a good idea. If you're going to have uh, 1,500 people in watching you play, I think you want to give them, you know, throw them a bone. Um, well, whether uh, it's something that we've not heard before, of course, or whether it's uh, Disconnected or Suffering like Cafe, which yeah. we have heard. Um, I don't know, but I imagine it'll be something something brand new. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, so what about a reset for the album,
0: then? Um, in my opinion, it's going to be a quarter two, you know, sort of April, May,
1: June. Quarter two, so that's 8.45, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so yeah, n- narrowing it down, that's March 21st to June 20th, yeah? Um, personally, I reckon it'll be out in April.
0: Okay, I mean it's basically that. Uh, the reason we came up with that, I think, is that you know, similar to hopes and fears and Under the ANC, which were also finished sort of December, January time, and came out sort of five, five, six months later.
1: And obviously, that's based on us believing that the album really was finished last week, of course. Yeah.
0: So that's what we know already. But what about what we don't know?
1: What is this record actually going to be like? To be honest, we don't know, <laughs> um, and not a lot of bands get to make a fourth record these days. And I think the bands that do often end up unintentionally wasting the chance. Um, for every uh, Kid A by Radiohead, yeah. for example, there's a um, A Great Escape by Blur. So yeah, uh, what would you say your favourite fourth album is?
0: I don't really think in terms of sort of first, second, third, fourth. I, I sort of I file my albums um, Mm. alphabetically but doing it by sort of first albums and second albums is quite another way of doing it I might try that out Um, I don't know I was stalling for time there but I think probably Kid A yeah Um, I like Kid A a lot more than OK Computer actually
1: didn't we have one of our our only real proper arguments
0: about OK Computer uh, probably I mean I'm not really a fan Um, thinking of other fourth albums can't think really it's going to be Kid A I think yeah, I mean, a lot of bands don't get fourth, fourth chances, though, really, do they, like you said?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, in that sense, Keene are a very lucky band, but I think really now, the important thing is, what are they actually going to do with the chance that they've got? Well, what we do know for sure is that they've been recording in at
0: least three studios. So we've got Tim's Home Studio, Air Studios in Hampstead, and Rack Studios in St. John's Wood.
1: And big name studios. Yeah, they treated themselves. Now, the one thing actually that's been conspicuous by its absence this time around that we had for perfect symmetry is any mention of a producer. Um, and obviously, with um, with Nitrate, they were self-producing with help from uh, Fraser T Smith. Yeah. So, do you think this time they've struck out alone and they are self-producing on fully on their own? Well, I mean, they've always they've always done that to a degree, haven't they?
0: You know, they've always been really heavily involved. Even had from had the f- a hand in. Yeah. From the first album, you know, they've co-produced it. You know, that's not had a hand in that. That's co you know fifty percent or more. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did it did it all alone. But then, you know, they've recently they've talked about sort of opening up to other influences a little bit more. Mm. You know, particularly Night Train and stuff. So um, it wouldn't surprise me to have uh, to have a name. But I don't think yeah. there'll be one person doing the whole record and well, one thing putting I was gonna a particular say, stamp on it.
1: One thing I was going to say is that the clips so far don't show anyone else in the studio with them, just the engineer.
0: Yeah, and I remember you know when they were working on Perfect Symmetry, they were actually quite proud really to be working with uh, Stuart Price and uh, John Bryan. You know, couldn't, couldn't wait to name check them.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. And I think that probably tells its own story, doesn't it? That, you know, if they were working with someone who was a big name, we would have definitely heard about it by now, wouldn't we? Mm. So yeah, on a, on a related, but completely unrelated matter, um, while I was browsing Wikipedia the other day, I was just wondering, why did Keane never recorded with John Keane, who recorded all of R.E.M.'s best albums? Because he's, he's got um, uh, a studio in um, Athens, in Georgia, called Keane Studios. Oh, wouldn't that be perfect? Well, exactly. I mean, his name's John Keane, he's got Keane Studios, and he produced all these fantastic R.E.M. albums that I'm sure Tim... And Tom and the rest of the band absolutely loved back in the day, so I mean it's meant to be, isn't it?
0: Maybe they met up with him but then had a, a battle with him.
1: I, I I I don't get
0: it.
1: Okay. The INC is, in fact, the outro of Untitled One, but played backwards at half speed. Are keen as a band now? That they're onto their fourth major album. Do you think?
0: Well, they're, they're in a different place to where they were with Perfect Symmetry being recorded. I think. Yeah, definitely. You know, with Night Train.
1: Well, I mean, certainly in in the fact that they're they're older, it's just sort of their personal circumstance. I think. And yeah. to answer my main question is, what's the album going to be about thematically? Because if you look back over their career so far, hopes and fears is is a first album in its fails very natural in some ways it's sort of yeah. flowed out of them, even if obviously when I say natural, ironically, a lot of it was sort of programmed and sequenced and it was very sort of artificial in that sense what's uh-huh. um you what it under the i c in a word in a word uh dystopia
0: third album um fun live
1: band. I don't know. Just just words. Uh, I can't think of anything that would sort of. Su- I don't know not in one word. Uh, if you want to settle on bands, then then let's go with band. Band. band but yeah, I, th- I think Perfect Symmetry is a much more complex album than we could talk about in thirty seconds and one word. But <laughs> but yeah, in a sound. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the fourth album in a word. Then. Well,
0: I don't know. I mean How do you, how do you, how are we going to sum it up? Really, given that they're all married in their thirties and rock stars who haven't had proper jobs in years what exactly are they going to write about
1: so, I, I like the way you said haven't had a proper job in years as though you know as if they'd been temping at ASDA or something <laughs> they would have been a better place to write a new record <laughs> um, I don't know I think there's plenty to write about even when you're satisfied with your lot because um, how many great songs have been political or telling a story about you know Springsteen stories or um, harking back to old memories yeah I think I think you're right yeah, but I know you mention it um, when we met up with Richard a couple of months ago. Um, it was all very informal, wasn't it? Hmm. But one thing he did tell us um, was that this is going to be probably their most personal album, which is interesting. So all the songs are going to come from the heart. Um, so yeah, perhaps the one word to describe LP4, if we can call it LP4, might might be intimate. chick well, like yeah, that. It, not 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 intimate. I, uh, right. Yeah, not intimate like that. But I okay. I do think we're into the phase in the band's life where, given that domestic bliss is a lot more likely than the kind of uncertainty that gave you, um, everybody's changing, or um, the fifth, the future from Atlantic, or that that unrequited longing in, uh, she has no time. You know, I don't think you're going to get that again.
0: Mm, it's interesting, you know, the, the personal was the, you know, in some ways that you think it'd be the least likely word to use, and that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, are they happy, really? And assuming they are, what what do they write about? I mean, you know, no, obviously no one's ever completely
1: happy, you know. Yeah, if you, I mean, if Tim's got his, you know, he's always involved in music, Richard's got things he's passionate about. And I think the, you know, I think the album might bring the band to fans as people in a way that the Previous albums haven't some more sense. individualistic
0: rather than this is who we are it's more about the individuals within the band
1: possibly yeah, I mean mm. this is all obviously sort of speculation, but I think you've you know you have to sort of look at these pointers in where the band have been going generally in this this hugely long amount of time that they've been away since mm. the last record they've not been touring it's it's very very odd for a band to have this sort of kind of almost complete downtime and out of the public eye and everything hm So yeah If we talk about songwriting though Do you think that Tim's writing Sometimes put a bit of a gap Between himself and the audience And that this is going to be seen As an opportunity to kind of Close that gap down
0: I don't know I mean he's always sort of Been writing sort of In the third person As it were for Tom Um, So it would be quite sort of Strange to write personal songs And you know And and hear them About Tim for a (laughs) change.
1: Yeah well I mean It would be quite weird Writing songs About uh, you know Your relationship with your wife (laughs) and hearing your best friend sing them back to you. That's a a point. Um, I mean, you know, Broken Toy, a song about Tom for Tom to sing. And, you know, that whole thing is quite an interesting dynamic anyway. But I think my take on it is that Tim's always been good at writing about someone else Uh or for someone else. Right. But he doesn't like to write explicitly about himself. You know, perhaps Hamburg song, maybe? Just about. I mean, Atlantic was kind of personal, but it can't be more than three or four, perhaps, in the whole... The band's whole career, so yeah, perhaps so that's where he's headed.
0: Yeah, I mean, given the given the clues we've had, I think I think it could be a lot higher. The count could be a lot higher after this record.
1: Let's talk about influences, um, just to round off this first part of this preview. Um, something that gave us a good idea of where the band were headed before Perfect Symmetry came out was uh, was, was what they were listening to. So that trip to China first of all I mean do you reckon there's anything there that could be in in record form a,
0: a Chinese influence um I, d- I don't think so. They might have confu- consumed a few Chinese takeaways, but that'll be it. <laughs> um,
1: well, they did meet the uh, the uh, the orchestra.
0: Yeah, the uh, National Traditional Orchestra of China. Yeah.
1: Um, I think Richard mentioned how important the experience it was for them at the time, which would have been right at the point at which the album was coming together.
0: Mm, possibly. I mean, maybe they can add some uh, instruments into the mix. Well,
1: you can get your... Um, you've got that... Is it Yang Ching?
0: Yeah, thank you for getting up on that Sunday morning
1: and, and uh, carrying it for me. Um, sort of like a, it looks like a suitcase full of wire, <laughs> basically. <laughs> it's which a, you hit with a rubber band, is that it, right? It pretty much, it's a piano in a box, basically. Yeah, I, I prefer my my description. Um, so yeah, in terms of bands that they've been listening to, there's they don't tend to talk about this sort of thing. I mean, Richard will occasionally tweet a few things, but um, when they have sort of come out with like their favourites of the year, a lot of talk about Noah and the Whale.
0: You think, I mean, yeah, when when we did uh, see Richard, you know, that was something we both agreed on in, in terms of good records. Um, uh, but, I mean, what really stands out from that record is, you know, sort of how it's sort of a real songwriting album, I suppose, with, you know, sort of classic instrumentation, sort of the opposite of uh, Perfect Symmetry, which has a lot of sort of experimentation. Um, Your tasteless sounds. Hmm, yeah. So should we just listen to a bit of uh, Nora and the Wheel? what yeah okay here goes
1: Um, so yes, that was Noah and the Whale. Um, I think the other band they've been um, raving about is the Vaccines. But what didn't they have? Um, didn't Jesse and Tim have like a songwriting session with your man, for the Vaccines? I believe so. Yeah, they're probably a mate of theirs. Yeah. Um, not suggesting for a minute that they're not being honest in declaring their love for the band. But um, what do you reckon? What do you reckon to them the I've Vaccines? I've not really listened to that album to be honest. I
0: mean, it's I've heard a few things from it. And the sound is not my cup of tea. I haven't given the songs a chance though.
1: To be honest, having listened, I can't have listened to the record one, two, or three times. But I don't enjoy it very much because, I mean, it's got it's got a very particular vibe to it. But I mean, for me, the songcraft's not anywhere near the standard that you'd get from, you know, like I I think out of the the three of them writing together, I think uh, Tim and, and Jesse, I think, are probably the exalted company there. And the vocals, I think, as well, they don't do it for me either. I mean. Yeah,
0: it's int- it's interesting though. I mean, the, that's quite sort of stylistic album. You know, I always sort of think about things in terms of sort of style and the songwriting as yeah. two separate things. And you know, another influence that Tim mentioned on the website actually was um, a song "Baby Missiles" uh, by mm. The War on Drugs, which again was quite a very sort of stylistic sound. You know, had a lot of energy to it.
1: Yeah, and it's a great band name as well, The War on Drugs. But mm-hmm. uh, you know. The vibes, the vibes, really there. And I know Tim's a really big sort uh, of—he's all about the vibe. Um, Should we, should we give people a bit of the war on drugs? Let's do that. Um so that was the sound of the war on drugs. Um So, um yeah, basically what we're looking at then is it's gonna be gonna be a personal album. It's gonna incorporate some of those influences we've just heard, maybe a little hint of China too. Um and I think we'll we'll talk a little bit more about what we think is gonna make up the record next time.
0: I think we're on the way there.
1: In 2011, Tim paid £1,500 for the pair of trousers that Bernard Manning died in, saying, The man was a genius, and I can't wait to wear them. The that was the first half of our look ahead at what we can expect from the fourth Keane record coming later this year.
0: Yeah, you can hear the second half in episode 63, which hopefully won't take quite as long to
1: put together as uh, 62 did. Exactly. Do you know, in 2011, we only put out three podcasts?
0: Yeah, I can't believe that, actually. You know, <laughs> I mean,
1: what were we meant to podcast <laughs> about? A- okay, that is a that is a good point. Um, next time, we'll be talking about what phase
0: of the band's life cycle we think they're in, and why we think the next record could be the band's poppiest
1: yet. Fantastic. So... If you want to keep in touch, please do tweet us at BeyondINC or email us at mailbox at beyondtheinc.com. Um, we are getting better at applying to emails, so please do get in touch and we'll do our best to get back in touch with you.
0: Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that's it from Beyond the Inc for for this time. So until next time, Goodbye. goodbye.